And no matter the industry, leaders need to hold these things dear. Who we serve, how we serve, why we serve. This is People, Process, Service, a Frontline Source Group podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of People Process Service. I'm Tyler Kern. Across the room is Bill Casco. Bill, good to see you, man. How are you, Tyler? Uh, nice to see you after last week. Uh, I was able to walk out of the building, so I felt like that was success. You if, know? You, if you haven't listened to last week, uh, I, I will tell you, I listened to it and about 30 minutes into it. I'm glad we were walking in that driving. <laughs> I, I'm afraid. I haven't seen the video yet, so the video ought to be interesting. Uh, I can actually see our editor watching it and kind of working scares on it. scares me. Out, I'm, out real, I'm a little right concerned. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous about it. But you know what? The audio was great. This is fun. But now we're here for uh, for another episode of People Process Service, and I'm really excited about today's episode. I could I could run down our guest's uh, resume, her uh, her bio, um, but it's pretty extensive. It's uh, it's very long, and she's a podcast veteran. She's done just about everything: written books, started companies uh, as a leadership uh, guru, all things uh, along those lines. It's Dr. Courtney Baker. Hey. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So um, you've done just about everything in the world of leadership and everything that you've done, you know, be it uh, empowering women in business, growing leaders, mentoring others, has all been kind of around working with people. So uh, just to start off, what's maybe the number one thing that you've learned when it comes to working with people? Higher, smarter than you. Absolutely. I would have to give a big amen to that. Yeah. Right. Like you're smart, you're hired That's right. <laughs> instead of because when we started, it was you've got a pulse. Mm-hmm. Now you're hired. <laughs> and and now it's definitely like, can can we make sure that you are smarter than me? Then you're you're good to go. There's that old adage of if you're the smartest person in the room, find a different room. Yeah. Or surround yourself with smarter people. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah. So if you're the smartest person in the company and you own it, then definitely hire smarter. That's a really good so, point. So that's actually opens up something we normally don't really talk about employment, but I think it kind of opened up a door here. When you say that, it's really simple to say. Mm-hmm. But how do you find those people? I mean, how are you? You're well connected, obviously, and know a lot of people. But mm-hmm. is there anything that ever sticks out where you're like, this one gets it? You know, it's it's intelligence, but it's also drive and determination and like I, I'm pretty scrappy, I'll be honest. <laughs> and so it's like if, if I see somebody who is just going to come in and roll up their sleeves and get down to business, and we kind of talked about that, April and I, well, earlier today where we were, um, they talked about, you know, when you go on a job interview or you're talking to somebody and they said, do you have any questions? Make sure you have questions. Right. Um, and, and I think that that's important because it doesn't, only show that you were interested, but it shows that you have some initiative and and drive and gumption, you know, like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. Well, you were kind of filling us in in the beginning or or previous here about your first employee hired. Would you tell that story again? Because I I love that story. That's a great story. Oh, so Kids Care, I'm the CEO of Kids Care Home Health. We started 16 years ago in a little home in Garland, Texas, and I should show you my house. Well, it was my partner's house at the time. Um, And it was just me with 10 little kids and I would drive all over the DFW area doing therapy with little kids with disabilities. 
And um, today we have about 650 employees. We are a nationwide company with 11 locations in three states. And we've service uh, provided service for more than probably 50 to 100,000 kids with disabilities. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, speech, physical, occupational therapy, and nursing services to little kiddos. But about a year into it, we started growing so fast that about a year into our um, business, we opened our first office. And um, I had a partner in the beginning, and so I would go out and do therapy. And one day she was gone, and our first hire was starting, and first office hire that we didn't know. And um, I was sitting in my office, and I heard the door open, so I peeked my head around, and there was this cute little Hispanic girl who looked dressed for a big girl job. And I was like, oh, God, does she know she's in the right place? Because <laughs> I got scrubs on. And so I, you know, walked into the front room and she um, looked so, so serious. And I was like, oh, you see that box right there? That's your chair that we're going to build that chair and that's going to be yours. And so Belinda and I got on the floor and we built her chair the first day and her, her desk was one of those little, um, I, I can't even tell you how small it was, but it was a small desk and it had this giant dinosaur monitor on it. And her computer was my Dell from college. Oh my gosh. Tower. I mean, you just described like a TV tray. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. this 500 pound. It, it really was. Monitor. Yeah. And so, but the kicker was Belinda was our receptionist and she had to answer the phone and we had two little cordless phones and it didn't matter where she went including the bathroom. She would take the phone <laughs> with her and she would kill me for telling, hi, Belinda. <laughs> so she, yeah, she would take the phone and have to answer the phone, like no matter what. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But we just moved into our fourth or fifth location, like physical location here in Dallas, because we do all of our operations out of Addison. And, um, it's crazy. I found a whole stack of all like tons of old stuff like that. And I found one that was like, we we got four phone lines. And I was like, you oh gotta gosh. be kidding me. <laughs> There's no way. Mm. So I love the people process service because um, I mean, if you can't get your processes down and get the right people in the bus, then no matter what kind of service you provide, you're never going to grow and right. scale. You've got to have those pieces instrumental. And she's still with you. She's still with me. 16 years. 16. So she's been with me for 15 years out of 16. Wow. Yeah. And we've got, I mean, she's not the only one. Like we have a lot of people who, um, we have a therapist name and she's a clinical manager now, but um she started and when she came in for her interview, we basically like gave her a binder and we were in a 
company Christmas party, we were all like in our pajamas watching Christmas Vacation, <laughs> sitting on the floor. And she, we can't we can't do that today. Yeah, <laughs> sixteen years later is not allowed. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, we gave her a binder, and it was basically like her orientation binder. She came for an interview, and she was like. Talk, you know, did did I get the job? And we're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You start now. Like, you have a pulse. You have a license. You're good to go. And she's still with us, too, Karen. So you had a partner when you started that. Mm -hmm. And so it was just the two of you starting the company? Yeah. So when you look back at that to today, how did you know what to do? I mean, when you went to to set up the company or to mm -hmm. do your the process to run the company was it just you kind of winged it and oh god no my husband so it was right after september 11th it okay. was 2003 and my well 2002 when we first got well when i got the hair-brained idea to do it <laughs> and uh, my husband was off he'd been laid off and so he was like she's gonna do that he knows me well enough to know like if it's if him if i'm talking about it it's probably gonna happen mm -hmm. so he was like she could get her butt in a lot of trouble if I don't make sure she does this right. And so not that he's like overbearing or anything, but he went in. I don't even think Google existed then. Like, I don't know. But he went in and found. Just yeah, it was yeah. just goo. Yeah. And found a company that provided consultancy services to set up dental and medical offices. Mm. And so found me a consultant and in fact, that consultant told me three times not to do it. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, basically, I appreciate your opinion. Do you want the job or not? And um, I don't know if it was pity or he <laughs> needed the money, but he was <laughs> like, all right, I'll help you. Um, or was that just a precursor in case it failed just to say, I told you so. Yeah, maybe so. By the way, so. I need my check. Maybe so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he uh, helped us. He got our uh, at the time we were incorporated. And then we in fact, it was right around February when our paperwork came in and he was he called and he was like, congratulations, you are officially a company. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> well, I had started getting cold feet and going, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm, it's not that bad getting complacent. And um, right then there was a snowstorm or ice storm in February of 2003. And, you know, when it snowed, when anything falls from the sky, <laughs> Dallas turns into Chicken Little and everybody thinks right. the world is ending. So the office shut down where I was working and I was like, you know, if I don't work, I don't get paid. And I was pregnant at the time. And so I was like, I got to see my kids. I got to get out. And so I drove from Plano to South Dallas Projects and saw my kids and, and went and saw kids like, I mean, it was it was well over an hour commute one way just in this to get, you know, down the road and um, went and saw my kids turn in my paperwork for those visits and i was like you know when am i going to get paid and they said well you're gonna have to get paid next week because we didn't run pay i mean they basically didn't run payroll and they but they said i didn't turn in my notes and i was like the office was closed there was no way and they were like well too bad everybody else got their paperwork in hmm. and at that point i pulled 
over because I was on the phone in uh, my car and I pulled over and I remember just going, okay, God, I get it. I'll do it, but I need your help. And from that point, it was never a thought. Mm. I never looked back. So Kids Care was really born that day um, because we were incorporated and they were jerks. My employers <laughs> were jerks. And so I was uh, like, that's it. So that was in, you said that was in 2002? 2003. Three. 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 Okay, February 2003. You, yeah. So you won uh, the 2016-2017 Texas Businesswoman of the Year. I did. Would you have believed that? If you told 2003 version of you that would you have believed it? Did you think that, okay, one day I will attain like this level of success or was that, did that seem like a pipe dream to you at the time? I had no idea. And in fact, when I look back at life and knowing that I started as a single teenage mom mm -hmm. at six months after I graduated high school, my son was born and my friends went off to college and I went to the Medicaid and food stamps office, I definitely would not have believed that wow so yeah. when you started the company what was the goal what did you or did you have a goal did you did you want to grow it to something large what was your vision then you know when i started i thought if i focus on being the best employer i could be then it doesn't matter because success will happen success will come right. but I mean, as a speech pathologist and, and PT or uh, occupational therapist and nurses now, you know, we could go anywhere and get a job. But I wanted someone to go. I could go there, 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 there. But I choose to go to kids care. Mm. And I, f I really strive every day to make sure that our culture permeates that throughout, that, that people still choose to be there. So when you were setting it up, and going through it and you start going through this growth. Did you have ups and downs then with growth where all of a sudden you expanded, you hired 25, 50 people at a time or something? Or how, how did that growth take place to get to 650 employees? The growth has been pretty gradual, but it's been, I mean, it's been spurts, but definitely like gradual spurts, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we we really started putting our name out there and getting and, and it's interesting because I look back at like companies who existed even before we were um, and they were open. And now we are like so much larger and diversified. And I'm like, why did we get to where we are and and what what made what was the secret sauce basically to our growth and i think it's it's i mean i know it's it's god has his hand on this company but it's also the fact that we set ourselves up process wise mm -hmm. and to hire hire for being sm, you know smarter than me right. yeah. <laughs> that's why we grew yeah, that's, a, that's incredible. So when when we talk about leadership um, and we talk about training leaders and, and that sort of thing, do you believe that anybody can grow into a leader? Or do you feel like there are some people that are born with certain traits that make them more likely to become that or and, and some people just don't have those types of things? I, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. There are some people who are just natural born leaders. Yeah. And then you can also develop 
as well. It's not like, oh, honey, you're a lost cause. But, <laughs> you know, there's definitely people who are innate leaders and people who are developed leaders. Mm-hmm. Because when I when I hear your story and, and I hear kind of some of the things that, that you did, and you were able to accomplish, um, I think there's no way that I could do that. Like, uh, you know, I just, just hearing your personal story, I'm like, wow, like that's incredible. That took a lot of leadership, strength, you know, vision, uh, a lot of work and that sort of thing. And I look at that Absolutely. and I think that's, yeah. that's probably not in me, you know? And so like, I, I admire seeing that in you, but as you kind of go around and you speak to people and you talk a little bit more about empowering women and, and mm-hmm. leadership, um, how do you, how do you help draw that out of people? I suppose. Well, you have, and I, I would challenge that it's not in you because mm-hmm. if you have the desire and the drive to do it, then, you know, that saying where there's a will, there's a way. And I believe that. Like, if that's something that you strive to do, mm-hmm. then you can make it happen. But so many of us hold ourselves back because of confidence. And that was actually when I went back to school and focused on women leaders, especially in the healthcare setting, and finding out why there are so few women leaders um, when we're 50% of the, the population, the pool of employment. And I looked at what are the factors that, you know, the challenges that we face it, and found that there are four main challenges. And the common denominator of all four was confidence. How many women specifically lacked confidence? Mm. First of all, y'all are much smarter than us. I'm just, end of story. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree I mean, with I that. have no issue <laughs> saying that. I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of it. My wife is way smarter than me. Oh, mine's way. Yeah. And and every every one that I employ, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But I think part of that, and especially when there's opportunity for women in the workplace, I think some of that I feel, and just my opinion, but I think a lot of it comes from the the male holding someone back from having that opportunity to express. Well, and that's interesting that you say that because my research found that there were four main challenges. Oh, I may be totally wrong here. Okay. That women go through and, um, you know, and I, I challenge the whole concept of this glass ceiling because mm. I personally don't believe that there is a glass ceiling. And let me talk about the challenges first and then we can go back to the glass ceiling. So there the four main challenges that are specific to women's career advancement are, so the first one is family obligations and raising a family and growing a career is is tough, especially if you don't have support. It's next to impossible. Um, The second one is limited advancement opportunities. Um, So maybe you get so far in your career and you're like, I love it where I am, but I'm not fulfilled when I look at my career and I want to advance my career, so where do I go? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, women were talking about how they felt like they were kind of at this point where they were in this mucky situation with age. You know, I'm not ready to retire, but I don't know what I really want to do. The third was gender-based discrimination. Now, I went into my research really thinking it was going to be the good old boys club holding women back. Right. And there are instances of 
who I lovingly refer to as Bubba. And Bubba's <laughs> still out there. And, you know, like that overweight laughs at his own jokes and rubs his belly and says, hey, sugar, you know him, Bubba. So he is still out there. And hey, Bubs. And then, but really more women talked about how many women hold women back. And that really? had been, oh, yeah. Yeah, we are without a doubt our own worst enemies so gender-based discrimination is three facets there's men there's women holding women back and then there's also stereotypes so when women act like a strong assertive leader they're called a bitch but when men act like a strong assertive leader they're called a damn good leader Mm. and so that's a it's called the double bind Mm. And um, I don't know. I've heard a hole before. To me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, not you, but yeah. Oh, I I'm mean, sure. I, it's been me. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I've been called plenty of things. And, you know, the, the double bind is very real and it's very understated. Um, the impact that it has on women. Right. But then the fourth challenge that women talked about um, in the research was how they lacked confidence. Nearly 80% of women that I talked to talked to me, a complete stranger, about how they lacked confidence. And these were, I mean, some of these women were C-level women. Mm. And, you know, if we look at the, the research that's done by McKinsey and Company along with Lean In, we are more than a hundred years away from gender equality at the sea level. And that pisses me off. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I have two daughters, 12 and 16. And that's why I help women today start and scale their own service-based businesses because I don't, I hate corporate America, um, but it's not my jam. Entrepreneurship is my jam. So I feel like, you know, if I can help women do what I know how to do, and that's start and scale businesses, then we can decrease the gender gap through the power of entrepreneurship. Right. Now, we can talk about the glass ceiling now if you want to, or I can like, okay. I'd like to hear about this. Okay. So I disagree with believing that there's a glass ceiling. And the reason why is because if you tell a little girl, there's going to be this object that's going to stand in your way and you can't see it, touch it, taste it, feel it, move it. But guess what? It's going to hold you back. Good luck, honey. Um, She has no power. But instead, if you say, okay, there's going to be these four challenges that get in your way and let's create strategies to get beyond these four challenges and instead view your career as a maze or a labyrinth then you know when you hit the turn you're gonna know okay i gotta just make it harder or 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 keep going to you know this this goal that i have i'm gonna hit these challenges but here's my strategies to keep moving and persevere and And the power's in our hands i guess from my side when i think about that i mean as brutally honest as it can be saying it this way, I'm like, who the hell is saying that to the women, to girls in grade school, high school, college about, I mean, what are they even thinking to think something like that? That's what is blowing me away still to understand that people still do that. 
believe that there's a glass ceiling? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It's I just mean, it's just hard for me to understand. I would never tell my daughter that. My daughter would be to say, you can do anything you want to do. Mm -hmm. Nothing is going to stop you if you have a plan, a drive. This is what you, you got to have the plan. You have to lay it out. Nothing will get in your way. Mm -hmm. And and I think that part of that is probably uh, being raised by a single mom mm -hmm. uh, uh, who struggled through that time. Uh, and it, it was extremely successful with four kids in, in Plano, Texas. I mean, that mm -hmm. was crazy. Yeah. But I, when I look at it today, I think I, I, I do see it. And I, and I see it with other companies mm -hmm. and it just kind of like you, it pisses me off. Well, and uh, I think that very, not too long ago, there was a very real glass ceiling and, and that women would, no matter what, there was like the bro code and um, women couldn't advance. But now with with the, the way that laws and equality and I feel like we are in a time where now we can do anything we set our mind to as long as we have the drive and the perseverance but women are holding themselves back yeah so there's a professor at ohio state that defined confidence as the stuff that turns thoughts into actions richard petty is his name and i thought about that and i was like you know i don't know if i believe that because hamsters in a wheel are in motion and they're not confident, they're stupid. So <laughs> what is confidence? How, if, if that's gonna be our construct, how do you define that? And I came up with my own theory that confidence is actually found at the intersection of courage to know your purpose and faith to walk in that purpose. Hmm. And at that intersection is where you're your confidence lies. Very, very interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating. So when you try to, when you're helping new entrepreneurs to get out there, I mean, what's, other than obviously surrounding yourself with the best people, is there something, is there another secret sauce that you give them that is something unique? You want me to give away my secret? Well, you got to read, read the book, Bill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of secret sauces, but you know, the, the, one of them is you got to know your finances. Right. And that took me, in all transparency, that took me a long time to get that, you know, my business consultant would show me a P&L and my eyes would glaze over. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, okay, that's nice. I'll go file it. We got to keep hitting the road, you know. And and until probably the last few couple years, I saw how important reading my financial statements and knowing what a balance sheet was and knowing what the P&L and how that's the pulse of your business. Because you can be a $15 million company, but you have negative income yeah, and your right. net income, right. you're screwed. It's that, it's the whole idea that you're driving revenue and you're out there, you're building this business. And all you're worried about is that top line mm -hmm. and you forget about the bottom line. Yeah. And, and knowing and the difference the, between right. the two. And that's the most important line. Mm -hmm. Who cares what you're doing at the top? Because yeah. if the bottom isn't making you any money, you're not having any success yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. That's very, very true. Yeah. And helping, helping them understand that and to put their finances first and to also hold them accountable 
well, you said you were going to do this, this, and this by this date. I expect you to do that, you know, and have your word mean something, mm. mean what you say. Yeah. That's that. I mean, sh if we would just do that, we'd be ahead of the game. Yeah. What about the process? You talked about, you know, the right processes for your business. What about at home? What mm -hmm. about the, the life? Because, you know, when you're running a company, you're, you're very focused, but at the same time, you, you've got a usually a home life and a, and a family life and you're and especially when they're moms mm -hmm. how, the balance what do you what do you encourage people or, or point them in a direction to do or you know balance is i look at it like a, a seesaw you know we teeter and totter and there's there's definitely times where work gets 95 to 100 percent and there's other times where you know and I'm at a point in my career where I don't want to miss my daughter's softball games, and I'm not going to. It's right. not worth it to me. The trade-off is not worth it. And if that means I miss a speaking opportunity or miss, you know, whatever, so be it, because that's my priority. So that's today. So if you look back when you started the mm -hmm. company, is it different today than it was then or did it was it the same? It was. Absolutely yeah. it was. My husband um is the most supportive. Like I, I remember back when we started and I was covered, you know, had the covers over my head, just crying, just saying, I can't do it, I can't do it. And he would pull the covers back after he'd worked the night shift at the Office Max warehouse in Garland and pull the covers back and he'd be like, Courtney, get up if it was easy. Everyone would do it. Now get your ass out of bed because people are counting on you. Um, so he's been my biggest cheerleader, my biggest advocate. But there were so many nights where I'd be up at kids care office billing and, you know, trying to make payroll and figure all the processes out. And just because we were growing so freaking fast and he he had home base covered. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we had a nanny too at the time. I mean, when we when we started, we had in-home daycare, but I only took a week and a half off for maternity leave for my Grace, my wow, uh, because she's sixteen and my company's sixteen. Right. Her birthday's July first, and Ooh. we opened October twenty seventh. Wow. Yeah, nobody questions my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> Are there? Parts of your daily routine that you consider essential to, you know, being a successful person or things that you would recommend to other people that want to be leaders that you say, I do this every day because it puts me in the right mindset or, you know, this gets me on track for the day. Are there any things like that? Um, I make sure I go to bed at 10 o'clock every night. Like sleep is not optional. And I wake up at six you know or, or five thirty um to just make sure that i can be available and help my kids get out the door mm -hmm. and you know one uh, one non-negotiable is the diet coke at whataburger drive-thru <laughs> like clearly hashtag whataburger yeah this yeah. is an audio medium but there's a <laughs> yes, large whataburger a, cup a on very the table. large waterburger yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that that's in the book. The key to success. 
big cup of water burger. It's like coffee in the morning or yeah. I mean, and everybody has their little thing that they do. And and I think when you 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 start a company, that's what you do. And then after 15 years, you look back and go, I I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. And and I have regrets like that, mm-hmm. where I wish I didn't do that at the time. But starting a business, running a business, worrying about payroll at night, financial statements, all of that comes into play. It's very, very difficult and stressful mm-hmm. day in and day out to yeah. anybody starting something. And what you've done is is amazing to not only do that. I mean, just that's one part, books, mentoring, helping. It, it really is amazing when you look at it. Well, thank and it's you. a great, it's an incredible story because it's, it's someone who actually has walked the walk and can talk the talk. And that's what frustrates me about business coaches sometimes because everyone and their dog seems to be a business coach right now. And I'm just like, you know what? It, you can't tell people how to build a multi-million dollar company if you've never built a multi-million dollar company. That is 100% correct. Yeah. I can teach you out of a book all day long, but if you're doing my, you know, brain surgery, I want to make sure you had experience doing it, not just read it out of a book, you know? I can I can buy that. I will not be teaching anybody how to start a multi-million dollar company. Well, I mean, that's the last person you want yeah. to yeah. do that. Yeah. And, and you're exactly right. You want that person that has been there. Yeah. And, and again, you live the pain. Mm-hmm. When, when, what was, when was your first job? Fifteen. Okay. I was a checker at Minyard's yeah. food store in Cedar Hill, Texas. Okay. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Nice. I, I always ask people about that. Five dollars an hour. And then I waited tables. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun one. That was real fun. You know, if you're going to, this is my PSA. If you're going to screw with someone, don't let it be your waiter or waitress right. because oh, they yeah. have control over your food. Like be kind. Mm-hmm. Your and your your person who's cutting your hair, be kind. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's your food. So Absolutely. did you ever make that mistake? Because it sounds like maybe. No, I didn't make the mistake, but that was that mistake was happen has happened to me. Yeah. Yeah, and let me tell you, seventeen, eighteen year old Courtney Baker, Courtney Durrett at the time was a spiteful little bitch. <laughs> and I'd be like, you want what? Okay, I'll make sure that happens. Yeah. So, so when you think about five years down the road, 10 years down the road, what, I mean, what, are, what do you want? Where do you, where do you want to be? What do you want to do? 10 years down the road, I will probably be Grandma Coco by then. Mm-hmm. And that's great. That's yeah. fine with me because my son is 26 now. And I want to just, you know, keep keep inspiring and and encouraging women to be more and do more my daughter's five or ten years my daughters will be 26 and 22 so hopefully i'll be an empty nest <laughs> right i'm speaking that into existence i will i will be an empty nester yeah. and you know my husband and i we've never not had kids as much as i adore my kids so it's like what we can like go play and and have like Whatever, you know, you, have you rest. a house you, you by rest. the- You rest. Yeah. <laughs> you, you actually have time to lay around and not do anything. Yeah. It's actually fun. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I can. I can. But my little boogers are worth it. But yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. And the, the mentoring thing that you do, how, how do you find these people? Or how do they find you? I mean- a lot of it's word of mouth. And then um, on online circles, it's funny because I've got people- 
all over the U.S. Mm -hmm. that I mentor and help them build their businesses. But I mean, we've seen some incredible success. One of my, the first girl that I mentored, um, her name is Valerie, and she was like, just, I, I, one day in my 30s, I'll start a company. And I was like, why are you waiting? And um, she was working at a PR company. And we started in September 18th of 2018 was her first day on the job. Her first, like she opened, which incredibly is the, was the six year anniversary of a massive stroke that I had when I, in September 18th of 2012. Wow. So it was just serendipitous that um, she calls them her grandbaby business. My grandbaby business is her company. Mm. Yeah. So she, her first year in business hit over six figures her first year. Wow. And then my second mentee is a wedding planner in Austin. And she'd only been in business for six months, her first six months and had made $28,000. And I said, Kara, let me help you and took her on. And her goal when she wrote it, she was so scared, but she was like, I want to hit 100,000 my first, you know, my first year, full year. Um, And we, in 2019, hit 100,000. Wow. um, After only being at 28, her first, you know, six months. That's that's really awesome. Oh yeah. When along the line did you realize, hey, I'm really good at this. I should write a book and tell other people how to do this. You know, my book is more of my research really? and the challenges that women mm-hmm. go through and the strategies to get beyond those challenges. Because what's what good is it knowing what the challenges are if you don't have an action plan to sure. to scale it? So. Um, that's what I wanted to do. But then I realized, um, cause I met Valerie when I was speaking one day and I realized like, you know, I can help them with the confidence piece, with the business aspect and, and really help women start businesses. So I've only been doing that, um, for the last year. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It's just an interesting path. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of that giving back yeah. in so many ways, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. which is kind of the service piece, I guess. Mm-hmm. When we think about giving, I mean, you, you ran the, you started a business, you've gone through this whole almost life mm-hmm. and, and now you're giving back mm-hmm. and, and, and re- such a rewarding experience to be able to give that back. Mm-hmm. I am the cat with nine lives. I am. Like this is life number three, actually. I live on 20%. And I'll tell you, there's a there's an interesting story about that. So when uh, my daughter, it was 2005, so Grace was only a couple years old, and I had a pulmonary embolism, and there's a blood clot in your lungs, mm-hmm. and um, 30% of the people die before they get to the hospital. Right. So I was like, all right, God, you know, I'm an overachiever. But if I take 100% and I subtract 30%, I'm living on 70%. Like that, I, I'm an A student. What is going on here? <laughs> and um, so I was like, okay, I can live on 70%. That's passing. And then I had the stroke. And it was a stroke in two places. And 50% of the people die before they get to the hospital and then had that had the brain surgery. 
And so I was like, shit, now I'm on 20%? That's not good odds. So I'm making the most of 20%. My son said stats don't work like that. And I'm like, I'm not asking you. You call me Dr. Mom. That's right. That's right. That's right. Sounds more like you need to buy some lottery tickets as well. I don't <laughs> I know. know. No kidding. <laughs> exactly. No kidding. Let's all go in on those lottery tickets together. Go to Vegas together. a lot I think more often, too. I, I don't know. know. I mean, it sounds I, like it. I, I do. I just think, you know, when you hear the story of it, you 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 lived it, you're passionate about it, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. That's and at the end of the day, sauce. it is. It really is. And and I know when you look at entrepreneurs that, that build something, create it, they're passionate. Mm-hmm. And it's not just this. They're passionate about everything in life. Mm-hmm. And everything they touch, and they're they're thankful for what they have, uh, because they've they've come from nothing, uh, and and built, and sometimes uh, go back to having nothing mm-hmm. to have to do it again. Yeah, and you don't give up, and yeah. you have the drive, and yeah, and you know, I mean, I'm in healthcare, right? So healthcare is also in we you never know, know in the back pocket of the government, right? And so that's a great thing to ask about too. I mean, how concerned are you? How concerned were you? When the original Affordable Care Act kind of came out, was that something that you were worried that your business is going to be controlled by the government? They're going to take it away. You're going to be limited on your growth or what you can do. Or? Well, and you know, I mean, it's ACA is like no one. It's kind of like the the Wizard of Oz. No one really knows what's going on behind the curtain. And um, we, you know, we're also funded by Medicaid. So mm-hmm. there's not only that, but there's the state component of it because Medicare is federal, Medicaid is state. Mm-hmm. So we do, we take Medicaid, commercial insurance and private pay. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago, it was our reimbursement rates were cut overnight by 27%. Mm-hmm. And there was a a long time that my husband and I went without a paycheck and right. we had to really figure out like how to level the ground and, and make sure that as many people could keep their jobs as possible. And it was a rough 2017. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was very, very rough. Yeah. And um I mean, we moved out of our house and we've since moved back into our house. But it's like at the end of the day, I wanted to make sure that those at that point, it was like 500 employees still still a large payroll. Yeah. Could get paid and, you know, tell their kids, no, there will be food on this table. Right. Because that's a huge responsibility. And I consider that an honor to be able to. But it's also scary as hell. So today, when you look at the political situation in the country and, and the discussion, again, obviously, about health care, mm-hmm. does that concern you, too? I mean, is it something that's... Yeah. I mean, it's always a concern in the back of my mind. But, you know, all I can do is plan and um, based on the best information that we have. And... So I look to my leadership team a lot, I mean, every day to say, okay, what are we going to do? And they help drive our um, decisions. And then they come to me and say, this is our plan. And and I just, okay, let's roll. And that's the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. That almost brings us around to a really nice, like where we started, when you have a good leadership team that you can rely on of people that 
you feel really, really comfortable about, you know, how smart they are, how intelligent, how mm-hmm. reliable, then you feel good about taking them, you know, these issues and these problems and saying, guys, what are we going to do about this? And you've built this awesome team that's around you that, uh, that then supports it just, you. It just, it's so much about the people. Mm-hmm. It is. And the other thing, you know, because I call entrepreneurship the roller coaster, <laughs> before that, roller coaster there was a point and i'm trying to remember we had about 400 employees at that point but i remember you know hearing all of the buzz about what was coming down the pike and i was just like walking pacing in my kitchen at four in the morning what am i going to do what am i going to do what am i going to do and this is before my leadership team was really developed as it they are now and I just remember pacing, just going, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And I audibly heard God say to me, when have I ever not taken care of you? And I was just like, never. I'm going to be just fine. Yep. I'm trusting you. So it, it's Kids Care is God's company. I was just put there to, to, to man the ship. You're the, you're the goalie. Just gonna I keep am. the puck in play. I am. Yeah, I'm the head cheerleader. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I think it's fantastic. I, I yeah. just, I, I love it. Yeah. Really do. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been a blast. Just yeah. an incredible story. Uh, just a lot to learn from, and uh, this has been a lot, a lot of fun. So yeah. I've enjoyed it a lot. Thanks for having me. Thanks Absolutely. for coming in. Absolutely. Appreciate yeah. it very much. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Courtney Baker, where can people find more about you? More information on you? Buy books? You know. Books are on Amazon, you. and they can listen to the Women in Business podcast because that's my show. Nice. She was on uh, Big Girls Pants too. Yes, podcast. I was on the Big Girl Pants podcast. Well, April Melton just not too uh, long ago. It's a yeah. great, great podcast too to listen to. Yes. Awesome. Actually, that was actually that one was hilarious. To be honest, it was it was a lot more. There's no telling what we talked about. Oh, it was craziness. I, I I've listened to it a couple times. I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh my god. It's well, thank stuff. you. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> to bring it back full circle too, um, a cool thing about Valerie, which was your first mentee, she actually worked a means event. Oh, really? Yes. Her company was hired, uh, Lumos Creative was hired by Amin for the Frisco Digital Summit. Okay. Which was so cool. I just, I love, Amin was on our show. I love saying, Amin Bentahar. I love saying his name. Amin Bentahar. Not only that, but he's also like the richest family in Morocco. By the way, uh, well, sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah right. Not? I know. Right. I know. Yeah. We've we've had a lot of interesting things about people. Yeah, we do. Do you know Mark Cuban? I do not. <laughs> okay. All right. But you know, six degrees of separation or seven degrees of what is? We're, it? we're six? trying that. Six. I, I yeah. did, I, and if I was smart, I'd probably said you know Kevin Bacon. That would make more sense yeah. too. But um, six I don't know. degrees we're, away we're from trying. him too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I hear. My restraining order. That's why I yeah. held away from him that far. We're going to figure yeah. this out. Yeah, okay. I knew it. We're going we're gonna to figure this out. Well, thank you again so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. And Bill, we'll be back soon with another episode. Everyone, subscribe on iTunes and uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the good places. Thanks, and, uh, everybody. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.